How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, not ideal. No? What's wrong? I'm hungry. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you did just buy food for me and then watch yeah. me eat the food. I smelled it. It's part of a new thing I'm trying where I just live vicariously through other people. Hmm. That works until death. <laughs> that's the problem. If you don't actually eat, you know. I'm going to be a super feeder. I'm going to starve out in a week, you know? <laughs> right. You're just, you're playing hard support. Right? <laughs> like, oh, no, no. You, you get the food. <laughs> I'm trying to be like my grandma, but uh, more intense. Mm. Oh, that's fair. Manja, manja. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the game that we would like to talk about uh, this week is a relatively recent release uh, called Remnant from the Ashes, which... Um, there's like a, what would you say, like thirty percent chance that our listenership has played with us, <laughs> with the one guy we played with. There's definitely one person who we know we've played <laughs> with who's listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might listen to part of the episode for the edits. Yeah, but right. so there's a fifty percent chance. I don't know how percentages work. Um, this is a, I shouldn't say a first, but it's uncommon for us to cover something that came out this recently. Normally, I think the last was Sekiro. Yeah. Yeah. Certain things like we play and we pick up, we're like, okay, we can actually do an episode on this. Like, it's, yeah. If there's enough content, there's nothing we want to talk about. Um, but I feel like this one kind of came out of left field a little bit because I didn't really hear too much about it. No. And then I think Steam mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I saw something on YouTube and then Ian started talking about it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, what's, the, what's this hubbub? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, Ian does the same thing I do to a certain extent where it's like initial burst of hype and then you see if it like settles, you know, just take a moment and be like, is this guy, you know, doing drugs and playing games and he's going to calm down and realize always it's, it's not game of the year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but uh, and this and this one, the the hype kind of continued and I was like, yeah, you know, what? let's uh, check it out. So let's buy in on that. Yeah. Um, and part of the part of the reason is, is uh, it's a co-op game, right? So it's a third person shooter action adventure rpg optionally co-op these are all words that are technically true yeah mm-hmm. i mean it is i would say it's best described as a third person shooter mm-hmm. you but can I mean, still like go into sighted stuff yeah you can play with other people which i highly recommend mm-hmm. um it's more than just a shooter right it's, it's not it's like a, it's not like Gears of War, right? Gears of War is also a third-person shooter. I was gonna make a joke about which game has worse plot or storyline. <laughs> I don't actually know what the Ugh. plot for Gears is. Um, I wasn't really a, a Gears fanboy so much. That was Microsoft's thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, developed by a developer called Gunfire Games. They made um, Dark Siders two and three. I think I played some of two. I may have even beat two. Didn't play three. That's the one with the um, the other Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, 
the Nobody lady. Cares. Yeah, the lady. I can't remember which one she was, but uh, not war. <laughs> not war and not death. Yeah. I think it's wrath or something. I don't know. Well, it's war, death, famine. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she wasn't famine. I can't remember who the What's other... What's the other horseman of the apocalypse? Pestilence? I feel like both of those are wrong, though. Yeah, I don't know exactly what she was. It's but... probably Pestilence. This is yeah. guessing from Binding of Isaac. <laughs> yeah. I know I have somebody listening who's just shouting, like, what it is. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, coming off of those games uh, into Remnant, it's a pretty big genre shift. Those are kind of like action, sort of um, Devil May Cry style hack and slash games with like mm-hmm. a mix of Zelda. And um, this is very much not like that. It's not at all. <laughs> they wanted to be a little more true to the roots of like, oh, gunfire games. We should have a game that's more focused around guns. <laughs> yeah, we should have guns. Um, and uh, it's published by Perfect World, who until I played like a lot of their MMOs, Champions Online, resented it because it wasn't City of Heroes, but went back and played City of Heroes, didn't stand up as much. So maybe I resent them less now. Um, Star Trek, which I also played a bit, and uh, Neverwinter which uh, Jenny and I played, actually, a fair amount until we got tired of the dailies. Um, Welcome to MMOs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but the, coming off of all those MMOs, they made like one other single-player game uh, with a developer, and then it's like Remnant from the Ashes. So this is kind of sort of spontaneous a little bit. It's almost out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would necessarily correlate it to. There have been other games like that, like... Um, I think Rocksteady made the Batman series and people were like, what did you do before this? It was like <laughs> nothing. And they were like, oh, okay, well, this game's great. <laughs> Thanks for this. Um, but uh, we'll we'll get into our thoughts about Remnant and whether it's one of those or not. One of those what? One of those uh, kind of miracles from nothing sort of games or if it's something something more in between. Uh I would say it's unique enough that I I like a lot of aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see where it goes after this. Yeah. So if they have like a remnant from the Ashes 2 and they fix some things or make certain things a little more detailed, more advanced, I could see following it as a series. Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Like this is the type of game where... Uh, so it's basically, it takes a lot of inspiration from Dark Souls. Dark it's Souls Dark with, Souls with guns. Exactly. I yeah. had to say the line at some point. Yeah. It, it, it does share a lot of similarities. It's heavily inspired. Um, but just like Dark Souls 1 had some good ideas, but the gameplay kind of got uh, cleaned up a lot in 2 mm-hmm. and in 3. Um, my hope would be for Remnant that uh, the gameplay is actually fairly solid. Hopefully it's elaborated on. But they actually fix up the storytelling, um, which I'm sure we will get into in some degree as we continue to break down the game. Um, but it's not just a third-person shooter, kind of jumping in the mechanics. There's also melee as a slot. You have a weapon slot specifically dedicated to your melee, right? Um, I think I started with a, um, it was like a hacksaw on like a, it was like almost a, a dead rising ish duct taped like hacksaw to a baseball bat essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't use that all that much because I didn't focus on melee. I mean, it's the shittiest of the options. Yeah. Because <laughs> the the breakdown is you have your melee weapon, you have a secondary gun which is like your lighter pistol SMG. 
rooty tooty rapidi shooty yeah mm-hmm. that's what and then you it. have your your long gun which could either be a rifle um the shotgun actually also goes in that slot right it is it is yeah. long <laughs> yeah uh, i went shotgun most of the time because mm-hmm. it's just stupid good damage yeah and then you also have your gear which it breaks down to a headpiece a chest piece and a foot piece right so if you're counting that's three guns you have on you already (laughs) um and then there's also space for a trinket which is Mm -hmm. kind of like a passive and then two two rings which are also our passives Mm -hmm. but um each there's technically three different classes you can start as right Mm -hmm. they do nothing except modify what your starting gear is yeah i think you also get a trait yeah Mm -hmm. some of your trait points which are like um passive skill points and things <laughs> might be initially shifted one way like i was more of a bruisey boy so mm-hmm. i had more points in health and melee damage i didn't really put more points into it as i went forward but just starting out that's who i was yeah i and i think i could be wrong but i think each class gets one specific trait the other classes don't have because mine really? was mod power generate or mod generation speed um, and I dumped a bunch of points in that. I maxed that out like real quick. Hmm. I don't know what mine would be though. Yeah, I'm not sure. We never really compared because uh, it didn't strike me until a bit later that nobody else really had that one. And I don't think I did anything unique to get it. So um, traits are actually one of the cool systems in uh, Remnant. And I actually really, I don't think it was implemented absolutely perfectly, but I like it. I think the closest corollary I can think of would be the... Um, the borderlands kind of uh i don't know what they were called there it's kind of like a tech tree skill tree well they had like the skill trees but then they also had like reload speed improvement mm-hmm. gun damage um and you would just get those points like over time for like completing achievements or whatever killing things and then you could just assign them like infinitely oh they were just like um the you would fall the bonuses would fall off kind of as you continued to put points in them um, but they were minor things like that. For the most part, they're also relatively minor in Remnant, but there are exceptions. It, I would say on the whole, it feels really minor. Yeah. Because starting off might be like, oh, you have a 1% reduction in elemental damage. You're like, thanks, I'm still <laughs> yeah. fucking dead. <laughs> right, yeah. And it doesn't really feel that impactful. I'd say even throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. So you might cap out at like level 20 for a given trait. Yep, mm-hmm. Uh, my go-to example is I was trying a regen build Yeah. because I saw, oh, if I have this armor set, depending on the pieces, each armor set has its own bonus. Yeah. And the more pieces you have within that set, the stronger the bonus is. Yeah. So I went with this uh, wooden stuff for regen and then also tried to optimize my other gear around regen. Mm-hmm. But even at full regen, we test this out by like Ian would shoot me and I'd be like, Stan, be like, Watch, it'll come back. <laughs> um, it was noticeable. It was noticeable, mm-hmm. but like in an engagement or a boss fight, yeah, it's not going to be a make or break. Yeah. So it felt kind of weird in that regard. I'm not sure how other builds would feel as well if you were going. Um, I have possible bullet refunding. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a hits. the the build I went for so like the trait I had was faster mod power generation. Mm -hmm. And then my starter gear also was just, um, mod power generation. So the, the set bonus was things. So what is mod power? So mods were, um, or mods are the, 
actives basically associated to your weapons like we talked about path of exile mm-hmm. uh, you guys all listen to that episode obviously um and how you can slot a gem into your gear or a lot of gems in the case of path of exile support everything like that this is kind of boiled down system where um it's just a special and as you're using the weapon it charges the special and then you can um use it um and weapons if they're if they're like boss weapons they may have a special attached that you can't remove otherwise you can kind of uh, slot the specials however you want yeah yep. and it's not a nice option to kind of feed into your builds like um Ian and i were fighting singe yeah which is like a big wooden fire dragon dude it's really cool actually that's probably really like that boss fight one actually. of my favorite fights but i was fucking up ian's attempts because i would keep getting these bad situations and dying mm-hmm. so i ended up going all right fuck it so i took the pistol i put summon skull on it mm-hmm. which if i shoot enough people over time build up a thing i can summon a skull to shoot projectiles yeah mm-hmm. and i did the same thing with a shotgun where i put on oh i'll summon a turret yeah and they last for like a fixed duration mm-hmm. but any ads that would spawn during the fight they would start to be targeted I'm like, oh, thank God. That gives me a little bit of breathing room. I also know there's an ad that's going to be up behind me. Mm-hmm. And then I can deal with that and kind of yep. like mitigate the situation. And also, I had like an army of like five things while I was also shooting the guy. Yeah. And it was just, you just saw like the health just go down at like a fixed rate. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, it's there. It's really adaptive. And I think that um, being able to pick and choose mods like that is uh, one of the the strengths of the game that i wish that it kind of played into a little bit more because we mentioned the boss weapons yeah and how um they most of the time have mods that can't be replaced so the things that actually can use mods are your basic weapons things like the smg the repeater pistol the long gun i think there's a sniper the Mm. shotgun Um, yeah um and you really can't uh you get most of those very early on in the game and there are very few basic options later i actually can't think of any yeah off the top of my head um so you're locked into whatever the special is for this cool gun you got off a boss and sometimes the effect is actually really cool and awesome yeah but it's always without the flexibility of being able to swap it out for a utility kind of ability like there was the i'm gonna summon a lightning storm i was like on my shotgun though mm-hmm. and they're like sorry yeah so like that kind of hurts it yeah kind of to what you were saying i wish they would add more complexity for how you can customize because mm-hmm. i feel like i've said in previous things i really like the option of being like i'm gonna go fucking uh train fish to have sex and that's gonna be my job this game. <laughs> and people are like what i'm like no that's my thing yeah but then it it works out and it's a lucrative business that i've started mm-hmm. and to see that come into effect whereas this like i said even with everything <laughs> focused towards one build idea mm-hmm. it didn't feel hugely impactful yeah and and for contrast my build was uh just focused around the mod speed getting mm-hmm. those mods up as quickly as possible i started off more supporty i was like i'll just use the healing field which you, you you can start with um i don't know if everyone did you start with that as well the healing field i'm trying to remember if i started with a mod yeah i probably I, we got it pretty early probably got one pretty early on um but uh it actually it actually i felt like it worked pretty well but i never tested the 
the contrapositive or whatever. I never tested, you know, take off all of the mod uh, power generation things and see how quickly I'm building charge. Mm -hmm. The set was supposed to be like 30% and then I had another like 30% off of my um, traits. Um, but uh, the... You shoot one bullet, it's like, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> yeah. And some the different mods charge at different speeds. So um, without explaining specifically which so, mod it was. Uh, I would argue that's not actually the case. Really? I think it's actually tied to the amount of damage that you're doing. I think there's one exception, at least. Most of them seem pretty close, but... Okay. Yeah. What there's, example do you have in mind? I uh, So there's uh, one that provides a very useful... Um, very powerful effect um, that could occur on death and it uh, takes forever to charge like um, we were in this like desert canyon area the one with all the buildings on both sides and like bridges between do you remember that um, kind of like hovels on the left and the right uh, side yeah I think we went through that together um, uh, Ian and I were running through that and it took him like the entire area basically to charge the mod it wow. was crazy um, but it's an incredibly powerful mod, and it, it looks really cool. It's very unique in the game. Um, Have I, you seen this? I don't actually know. We, we should talk about it maybe after this, because I want to avoid... I'm going to mention this in the description, too, but I want to avoid really uh, hard spoilers. Yeah. Because um, the game just came out, you know. So people should be able to listen to this and determine whether they're interested in the game, hopefully, more than... Oh, I know now no... I now don't need to play the game, right? Yeah. Hopefully, since the game came out, you will still respect and love the game as if you didn't know that the game came out. Uh, you just really need to be supportive for the game is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it was it was kind of a cool build. And the, the trade-off was your starter gear has lower armor values. You can upgrade it at uh, Ward 13, which is like the main hub of the game you revisit there every time you need to unlock a new boss weapon um there's a lot of revisiting ward 13 um and uh the starter gear you might really you might really like the special effect on it but each armor set will have different resistances to different damage types base armor value and maybe it's substantial to swap that out i literally never tried <laughs> i think i did once or twice because when Eden and i were going to fight singe the other night I was like, oh, I'm literally covered in flammable shit. Yeah. So I had a surprising buco amount of negative armor, sorry, negative fire resistance, mm -hmm. which translates to flammability. Yeah. So I was like, mm, maybe not. Not so much. It's probably a good call in that case. I know we also, um, we were in a fight where uh, there was a lot of corrosive damage. And in that case, the wooden set actually resisted uh, corrosive yes. heavily, heavily, heavily. It's like each armor set is like, I'm good at this thing. It's like, mm -hmm. what else are you good at? And it just laughs like nothing. Yeah. And there's also like some neutral sets, which are like, they kind of have middling resistances and everything, but then they would have really high resistances. Like the, um, the, uh, the wooden mask we were talking about that had like 36 <laughs> corrosive resist. Whereas most things may only have like two to four yeah. resist for a particular thing. It's, um, it allows for mixing up, um, and this is almost always in response to a boss fight. Like, uh, the boss fights in the game are interesting. I think I like them. I think I like them. You think you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they're randomized, which is weird. Yeah. But 
I'm going to elaborate that on that slightly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> a lot of this game uh, does have a good amount of RNG. Mm-hmm. So if I'm starting up a game file, it's not going to be identical to what Jake would have. Yeah. Like, it might start in... I mean, like, there's still, like, world areas mm-hmm. where it's like I'm starting out here in the abandoned city, and then I'm going to the desert. As far as story progression, that's the same. Mm-hmm. But he might start out in a different part of that area, and he might have a different first boss or a different world boss. He yeah. might play somebody who I've never actually encountered in my game. So that's kind of cool because, like, we'd sometimes play at separate times. Mm-hmm. And then we come across the thing and someone else will be like, oh, I had, I had no idea about this. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to like un, unravel those things and see as it goes. Yeah, we actually, uh, so Ian probably had played in the most games overall because he played in three worlds. He played on his own, got a lot of progress. We played in yours, got a lot of progress. No, here's the thing. We actually played a lot on yours. We did, but it was. I, I went to play solo like uh, two nights ago mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, go do this boss. I'm like. When did we? Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm way back. I didn't yeah. realize. We made a lot of progress quickly toward the end, mm-hmm. but he was picking up. Basically, if you pick up drops in anyone's world, an item, everyone immediately gets that item. Everyone gets currency, uh, uh, like special Resources equipment to like craft mm-hmm. things. The only thing you don't share was money, and I thought that you did until really late. Uh, and then I, or not money, sorry, ammo. Ammo is the one thing you don't share. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, I'll stop hogging literally all the long gun ammo by mashing pickup button like I'm, you know, going yeah. crazy. I would sheepishly like see that you guys are going like super long gun stuff. And I was like, all right, we're getting the pistol out. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the pistol out. So I could actually be a part of the ammo economy and mm-hmm. contribute instead of just going around with my empty shotgun like. yeah but everything else is shared so you since the item drops it's not like dark souls where it's like ah covetous gold serpent ring right here Mm -hmm. you learned where it is let's go pick it up um and only the host could pick it up and this one um you get you all get the items as though you're basically getting full credit yeah um in the host world which is really nice if you're going squad deep Mm -hmm. because you guys can kind of fuck off and go off down like (laughs) that and i can be going where i am but if I find something, you guys don't have to go back and get it, and vice versa. I don't have to go off that side tangent. But, oh, look, I've gotten this rare item, or yeah. I've gotten a tome to yeah. level up a trait. You have to be in the same area, but the areas are quite large, so you can... Yeah, you of... can't be AFK in the hub world. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like that. I want to make that perfectly clear. But it was it was interesting because we would be um, we'd be playing like in your world or in my world, and... Ian's already seen. He's gone through these areas like twice. This is his third run through, and we'd he's get, an addict. Also, right? <laughs> we would get a ring that uh, he he didn't have, mm-hmm. and so that like helps complete his collection. Um, and if an item you already would have, you instead just get some currency uh, when like the host picks it up or when you pick it up. Um, and it's it's kind of cool. The items themselves, I feel like they could have more. And this is this is one minor gripe I have with the game is we talked about the traits how they kind of have these incremental bonuses like a little bit of reload speed a little bit of elemental resist mm-hmm. there's some impactful ones like crit chance and like crit damage and things like that but for the most part there are these small increments and it kind of extends to the items um, there's few equipable rings where it's like smack here's a huge tangible difference in how you're going to be playing this game. Um, yeah, it's like one's like, oh, I'll boost your credit score. I was like, 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, but only I with guess. experience. <laughs> it's cursed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like they took... I mean, obviously, a lot of these ideas came from Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Like, for stamina regeneration and being surrounded by enemies or breaking through defenses. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like the light version like yeah. l-i-t-e of everything yeah that's it's like it's really cool ideas on premise but then it's like okay that's your v1 how are we going to flesh it out to make it cool or unique or specific to this game series yeah versus like stamina regen is 50 better i'm like that's a number yeah it's not even a bad number but just like eh. there's no there's no like lightning cluttering or or something like that where it's like boom your lightning damage is going to be like through the roof but your physical defense is going to like take a penalty they don't make you they don't give you large bonuses with noticeable downsides yeah it's not a risk reward Mm -hmm. like so an an example we rolled um a ring that gave 20 percent range resist and we're just like okay boss has some range attacks we'll leave that on and then once that's done, we'll switch back to a ring with like 15% bonus experience gain. Cool. Now, 15% bonus experience, I feel like, is the most indicative of kind of the issue with like the way these rings were designed. Um, because if you're a min-maxer or you're trying to like get those traits as quickly as possible, like you just want to equip that ring as much as possible. Like, yeah, that's early economy bonus. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like bonus souls. I guess actually it's like covetous uh, silver serpent ring um, but without you're always getting experience yeah so it's not like covetous Sur- silver serpent where you're like I'm in farm mode so I'm gonna do this and then I'll be down a ring because you know I'm using all my ring slots for economy um, it kind of is something that's a default but it doesn't make any interesting build decisions for your character it doesn't open up any paths it's just oh yeah that's good so i'll use it um i feel like that's not super inspired and they could have made it more inspired if they actually had competitive rings in that slot but i never felt like oh i'm not fighting a boss i'm just going between bosses i should definitely equip something other than the experience ring because all of them are mediocre Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I don't want to harp on it too much. No, I but... agree with you. There, there are just a lot of points in the game where it it feels like a little bit low impact. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like so much of the world is beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. When I first got in, I'm like, what is this Unity shit? Yeah. But then as I went through, I'm like, oh, this is actually a lot of it is fleshed out really well. Mm-hmm. And they have good, like good lighting, you know, good standard shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going through different areas, I was always like, Ooh, ah, like I enjoy the exploration part because yeah. I wanted to find secrets or like different textures. Like, Oh, that's a cool thing they did here. Mm-hmm. Or coming across like the different enemy types as well. Yeah. Like they're all, um, the design for the game is pretty remarkable. And I actually think that you start off in the least interesting area, like post-apocalyptia oh, it has, sucks. has been It's still done. cool, yeah. but it sucks. It's like, it feels kind of like the division. If you're just rolling with a couple people um, and you're like, oh, all these buildings kind of feel really similar. I'm just in a city, yeah. killing some guys, whatever. And then it just like takes a right turn and goes all over the place. Yeah, like when you go into the desert, 
was like okay so like we're outside desert cool right mm-hmm. um then there's like an enemy that like full-on charged me with its hands i'm like i don't like this yeah <laughs> looks down at my hands <laughs> this isn't good <laughs> no it's uh, uh it, it does have a lot of diversity in the the enemy types and the um and the actual areas once you're making some progress yeah. through the game um, i mean they kind of follow a rough archetype of like here are the guys who will run at you mm-hmm. and want to get up and give you the melee slaps. Right. Here are the guys who will say, like, you know what? He's at a good distance. I'm going to throw some shit at him or mm. shoot him. Yeah. It's always, it always, it always kind of boils down to melee threat, range threat, caster. Right. Like, that's, yeah. That's kind of what it turns into. But the, a lot of the enemies are designed with really cool, um, uh, really cool aesthetics that, uh, encountering them the first time it's just like oh am i am i playing halo or am i yeah did i did i come through the star uh what was it um stargate like actual i was gonna say the stargate stargate is what i was saying the oh, Iris, that stargate right? from stargate yeah. yeah um but uh like you're fighting the Goa'uld basically at some point in the game it's pretty accurate though it's very yeah. close um but it's it, it it is a really cool design and usually they don't stick around too long to make them uh tiring um until you get to the next area there's some exceptions where you spend like a little bit too long but i'd say a lot of it feels good the gunplay probably carries it a lot there too because this game feels good to shoot in like it could have been we haven't really talked about like how the gunplay feels it's not call of duty sort of like smooth it's closer and it's not like fallout sort of jank it's between like um i'd say it's closer like destiny and how the shooting feels i would say destiny or just going to the other third person example i can think of gears yeah like you're kind of slow there's a bit of a weight to what you do Mm -hmm. but nothing feels bad but i was initially playing on the 360 controller yeah and they have like a bit of auto aim for any type of time that like an fps is using a controller yeah um and it it's minor but like it feels nice i felt like i knew what i was doing for like strafing and shooting people and i did that for most of the game and then jake and Ian were like what are you dumb just <laughs> keyboard and mouse fool so i switched to that and that also feels really good i n- mainly switched to that for the one boss fight where it summons a bunch of projectiles that then home in on you yeah and I was like, I need to shoot these, so I will use actual aiming. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little tough. I, I prefer keyboard and mouse for anything shooty, but um, almost always. Yeah. So I gotta. What are your major gripes at the game? Because like my initial thing mm-hmm. was like when I first was getting into the world, um, everything felt full tutorial bullshit. Yeah. Where it's like oh hey you're new here right. and then they just go through the whole cast of people i don't give a fuck about yeah and then they're not interesting and they're very tropey i share the same gripes uh the there's a couple of cool npcs I, i'm not gonna talk about for spoiler reasons but they're cool yeah. um the rest of the cast is like i have to interact with you for some tangible mechanical reason and that's why i interact with them yeah like um and this is always so like this game's more multiplayer focused as a core pillar i would say than dark souls like you could play dark souls 
single player through the whole thing there were ways to get people into multiplayer this is it supports multiplayer exactly you just join on somebody um which dark souls didn't really do until like three that they made it really easy to get a uh, co-op going really easy um and right, the- but correct me if i'm wrong for dark souls 3 you could still not stay in somebody's world through areas right no you you were still like locked out but you could uh like use the same password so you would just always find their sign um they made it a lot easier but not like someone has joined your left for dead party which is exactly what this one is basically um and i can't remember where exactly i started with npcs let's talk about the npcs any game where you have almost mandatory multiplayer it's very difficult to do storytelling at the same time like borderlands is probably the like classical example of how that can and can't work hey i'm npc one i'm here to tell you about this thing oh incoming message (laughs) hi i'm so-and-so yeah exactly someone's like ran through the area they triggered like five messages it's like you're at a you're at a shop talking to somebody about a quest you have some other notification Mm -hmm. it's like being on the phone in like the checkout line it's like hey do you have a bonus card oh you're busy yeah you're like sorry i gotta take this (laughs) yeah it's just it's a weird layering of interactions Mm -hmm. also to that note Everybody would sprint to certain shopkeepers because if you were interacting with them, nobody else could interact with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. That to me is a huge fuck up. Yeah. And there was one person who sold uh, crafting materials, mm-hmm. and that was a limited resource based on the world. Yep. That's fine if that is standalone. But if I want to talk to the smith to upgrade my gear, but Jake went to go take a piss after talking to the smith. I had to wait. Yeah. And that no, was a huge pain point for me. No interruptions. And it's always, it's almost always when um, people are going to be talking to the same NPCs. You all have to craft a boss weapon or a boss mod. Mm-hmm. You all want to upgrade your gear. That's like two NPCs in particular. People are always talking to. Um, and it's it's really obnoxious. Um, kind of expounding upon that, there's um, interactive I guess interactive cutscenes would be the way to put it. Cutscenes with dialogue choices is yeah. basically you're like you're, you're locked in and dialogue and everybody will, um, and, and these situations will see the cutscene. The host gets to choose which option options to say in dialogue. There were times though, where I did not see what those options were. If mm-hmm. I was spectating somebody who was the host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would just hear like one person talking and I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, uh, the, the lines the player characters are saying are not for the most part um voiced right you're just choosing dialogue options and the npcs respond with voice responses so the issue with this is when you're in multiplayer you don't actually know what the host is saying to elicit the responses the npcs are saying so if you were the opposite side you got away from that borderlands party where everyone's just like goofing off and shooting faces and stuff like that and you were just like all right i'm playing with my friends who care about the lore you literally won't know what your friend is asking the NPC unless they vocalize it like in discord or something, which I feel like is a pretty like pretty huge miss. Yeah. It's a big shortcoming because you went through all this effort of locking people into this cutscene, but you're only telling one person, like only one person's aware of what the player is saying. Um, that's unfortunate. And I feel for me, it kind of, if they were trying to, put forward this plot um it really takes me out of it Mm -hmm. because 
if somebody else is talking to the main quest person and I don't have to, I'm like, eh. So like we got to the last boss fight. Yeah. Which by the way is labeled the last boss fight. It is convenient, really. Which you know, I feel takes away from it. You should know. It should mm-hmm. build up to that point. You're like, oh shit, we're here. Yeah. Um but when I saw when we were there, I'm like, guys, I think I might have missed something. Because mm-hmm. I still have no idea what's going on. Yeah. To be fair, um, it wasn't a game that I tried to pay attention to, and I'm just running running and gunning with friends. Mm-hmm. So a definite part of that is on me. They don't make it easy. Yeah, it's it's not facilitated well, I would say. They almost like... The, the standout example for me that bothers me probably the most is there are journals all over the game mm-hmm. that have like... I would say Skyrim almost levels of pages like in each journal yeah. where you're just like, I'm going to read this and read this and read this. That is the worst thing you can possibly do in a multiplayer experience. And people are still doing it. Like people see it as like a, Hey, games do this, right? And they put it in, but sometimes it's not the best. Yeah. Like, it, I think you can get more of having, like going to the portal example of like, oh, graffiti on the wall. I can infer meaning from that mm-hmm. instead of needing to stop, open a book, hope it's in like a legible cursive and being like, oh, this was a character in the world. This builds the world. Yeah. Mm. And they don't have like, they have cool item descriptions for a lot of things, but they're mostly cool sounding. It's like a whip, like a quote or like a quip or something like that. Nothing to the extent of like a Dark Souls item description. You're going to like pull lore from and Vadi will break it down. Yeah, it's not like they mention a new thing. Like, oh, this was used by, like, the Zaka Room. And you're like, yeah. who are the Zaka Room? <laughs> right. And then later you read another thing. It's like, this was the Zaka Room's shit bucket. You're like, oh, my God. And it, it ties it all together. Yeah, there's there's nothing like that. They do have, like, it's not all journals. There are a few, like, pages or things you can read. But for the most part, the lore is harder to get into, I think. I, I haven't spent a whole bunch of time on it, but um, going through the game, I don't actually know what any of it meant, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of an interesting. That, that, yeah. that doesn't have to be bad. Like Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, first time I beat it, I was like, Oh, I had no idea cool. there was a story outside of like the initial cutscene. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that person. Done. But the thing was, I feel like Dark Souls 1, like ex- they, you, you go back and Vadi breaks it down for you and then you learn all of this lore yeah you get a deeper appreciation exactly i have a feeling that might not happen for remnant (laughs) so i will say it probably won't Mm -hmm. but it would not surprise me if the youtubers who i follow who do dark souls content iron pineapple young maestro inferno plus Mm. i could see them doing content on this within the next week or so yeah, it's probably just not going to be like a ton because there's not really PvP. It's all like co-op. Yeah, if it's PvP, it's really janky, gentle, jank type things. Speaking of some jank, yeah. Before I want to like hype up some of the cool boss encounters, mm-hmm. um, I died more than I should have. <laughs> yeah, for falling out of the world. Yeah, which I mean, one is more than enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. There is a, quite a few bugs uh, in this. It wasn't like a constant stream of bugs we had to, to overcome, but they were take you out of the experience or um, diminish your enjoyment type bugs. Yeah. 
like um if you're there's a particular area where you can kind of like warp around and uh <laughs> if you're not the host there's a chance that warping between like two platforms just puts you on the ground um <laughs> so he has to like run back and pick you up or whatever uh that's not ideal <laughs> you know you should be able to move the way the game wants you to without uh dying <laughs> some would argue you must go this way it might cost you your life <laughs> right didn't you design this yes then <laughs> <laughs> um, we had like we had lag um some other kind of kind of kind of minor things for the most part but they're all things that i wish would have been kind of caught we yeah some I mean, hard crashes just have somebody run through the game and that would come up because i think each of us have had some issues i'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's just in the multiplayer context yeah it made it way worse in, yeah in the multiplayer for sure i remember there were some times i would like there's like a slight ramp or stairway mm-hmm. and there's like a solid platform next to it and i would kind of instead of going fully up the ramp and then onto the platform i would try and clip like the last bit of corner yeah because you know it's probably smooth enough where it'll be like oh he's going this way and i'll continue to go that way and i would get stuck in these like falling t poses a little bit like gravity was in full effect and there's no ground yeah and then i take a step up and i'm like what (laughs) no it's 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 got some some weird funkiness to it um i also i I didn't really really think about this till like right now but dark souls spoils you with iframes when you get knocked down (sighs) and this game doesn't do that you can just get hit by like two attacks simultaneously and die um in particular some bosses will hit you like that we're just like oh yeah no i'm gonna swing here and projectiles come in from the other side and you're dead because it's 100 to zero you yeah it can be a bit punished. if you get swarmed by enemies the same thing will happen mm-hmm. where you can't really dodge through enemies they just kind of take turns slapping you and you're like mm, that's it <laughs> guess i'll die <laughs> and i don't really know if there's a counter to that outside mm-hmm. of preventing the situation by right uh, initial better positioning and like dealing with aggressors as they come yeah mm-hmm. but there is a hype boss fight moment <laughs> the first boss fight i encountered uh, i kind of went into this i don't want to say abandoned lab mm-hmm. but there's a lot of like chemistry equipment <laughs> as i lightly yeah, gesture with my hands yeah, and i hope that jake done. infers meaning yeah I was, I'm more worried about the, the listeners <laughs> very <laughs> meaning from the hand gestures. Me having long pauses is no surprise to anybody. Yeah. Um, but like these graded walkways. Okay, yeah. And it felt kind of cool, but it's very very tight quarters. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who had like a big ass sword. I'm like, that's the boss. Yeah. Because also I saw him in the health bar. I was like, this is the boss. <laughs> so I was fighting him. I was timing my rolls to like dodge away out of shit. Mm-hmm. Getting those perfect dodges. I'm like, I'm the best. Uh, in the background, though, I heard like some buzzing that got a higher pitched of these like little mushroom-headed enemies that kind of yeah. come at me and then self-destruct mm-hmm. and have like a, a cloud of deals damage and also had some other negative effect. Yeah, um, and I get pincered a lot by these. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, um, but I kept going back and again and again, and I eventually beat him with the help of my friends. Right, but <laughs> it was a really interesting fight because i was like oh i'm expecting just like a big guy or what's going on Mm -hmm. but they generally have done a good job of balancing here's a big fight here are some ads here's Mm -hmm. some other mechanics 
and I didn't have two boss fights where I'm like, oh, this is the same as that one. Yeah. Some of them are like similar, but they do a good job injecting mechanics to make it um, make it really interesting. Um, and you may not see like the cool boss fights we saw because um, certain ones are guaranteed, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but other ones are, are random for your playthrough. So uh, it's really recommended to like go through multiple times or play in How your friend's worlds. How many are there per... No idea. I would guess two. Mm-hmm. I, some of them I, I feel like are three because Ian got one, we got one, and then... The wiki said there's another one. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, but yeah, your 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 drops are completely different depending on what bosses you get. So that's yeah. kind of cool. And they also have like some some interesting mechanics. So here's another thing I'm not sure about talking about the not sure. Okay, okay. Um, uh, specific mechanics in boss fights to get weapons. Um, Dark Souls obviously inspired by Dark Souls, right? Like <laughs> in Dark Souls, it's like cut the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, there may be. Don't allow the boss to kill any of his adds with a special move or um, like weaken the boss and then like pull a weapon out of his body or do something like this. And it's almost never obvious, like almost absolutely. I would say actually just never obvious. No, they don't tell you in any way, shape or form. But there's, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or if I'm indif- indifferent to it, but you it's almost like strategy guide fodder where you would never know unless you accidentally did it, your friend accidentally did it, or one of you looked it up. Yeah. So I would say I'm kind of neutral on where my feelings are about this, but it's kind of cool in the way that you might go through and fight the boss a certain way. Maybe I'm going through fighting the boss a separate way, and I just... I only shoot him in the eyes. I really hate his eyes. And his eyes pop out yeah. due to the sheer amount of bullets and force. Right. Um, and I was rewarded for that. And I got something cool. But I didn't get what you got mm-hmm. and vice versa. But then we can kind of share that experience. Like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know about that. And then we go back or join each other's games or a new play session or just change the difficulty and keep playing. Mm-hmm. But now you know that. Yeah. And that's kind of how those guides get built up. I think... Uh, an example of a way that I would like to see it done though is, um, and we're just, I'm making so many comparisons to dark souls, but it's freaking dark souls, like the podcast and what this game is based (laughs) off of. Right. But, um, Ornstein and Smo, like Ornstein and Smo, the reward you get depends on who the final opponent you beat is either Ornstein set or Smo set and weapon. Right. Um, but there's intuition into the fact that you missed something that it could have gone differently because the first boss you kill is the one that gets absorbed by the second boss Mm -hmm. and then you get the set from the second boss so you're like wait what if i killed the other boss and that kind of that intuitively leads you to know to find out that there's another way to do it there's also like a visual indicator Mm -hmm. in that case where it's like you're powered up get in there yeah they have a cutscene of like the power absorption and yeah, and they, like, grow in size, and you're like, oh, shit, and they're all attacks are stronger. Mm. And you, as a player, you're like, oh, this is the second phase. But also you're like, I wonder what would have happened if I would have done the other one. Yeah. And then, like, as a, a generalized thing, if the creature has a tail, you can cut the tail. Almost always in Dark Souls. And so 
it's less um, esoteric, I think, than some of the methods to get gear in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just expect that if you're going in without reading the wiki, you'll probably miss gear off of some of these boss fights, and that's fine. But Yeah, nothing is like required to get mm-hmm. literally at all. It just kind of adds variety. Like a certain shop seller sells like a spear melee weapon. I've never bought it or used it. Yeah. It's fine. It's actually, uh, I saw some criticism uh, of the game because they were like, I keep getting all these items, but I've already upgraded like my gun. My gun's mm-hmm. good. Like, I, like none of these other things are really competitive. None of them are necessary. Like, why would I use these? Um, and the, the, contrary point to that is like yeah that's that's dark souls like you could use your long sword enchant it with fire and you have one of the best weapons in the game overall mm-hmm. for the entirety of the game like but it might not match your play style per exactly. se mm-hmm. there is like a bit of a sunk cost fallacy though mm-hmm. where i had already upgraded my pistol a lot and this new other gun came along i'm like but your base damage is shit compared to my plus 20 this yeah and I didn't know how much I wanted to invest to see where it's scaled to. Mm-hmm. Mm. It does largely inherit that from Dark Souls too, though. So it's like, yeah, if you already had a plus five weapon or something. Admittedly, like the pluses, I don't know if it's harder or easier to upgrade weapons in this. Probably easier, I think, than Dark Souls. Yeah, they definitely will throw uh, crafting resources at you. Mm-hmm. Where it starts out with like, you need iron minecraft yeah and then you need a different type of iron but they will give it to you as you progress through the game just from like drops and by the way um attack everything in the game you yeah. can break boxes chairs urns mm-hmm. vases so many things and then it will drop resources like scrap which is your currency or crafting resources like variations of iron yeah it's just it's free shit it's there for you <laughs> there's also a shop person will sell you some of those crafting resources every so often yeah yeah it's uh there's not as much to collect as in no. in, in dark souls it's much more focused um it's also shorter than dark souls 2 at least <laughs> oh, <laughs> but everything's shorter than dark souls 2 yes. <laughs> um, so this is a game that's currently at a price point of 40 dollars mm-hmm. i should look at my steam time for how much i've actually spent on it yeah um around probably like 20 okay maybe a little more you're saying for you or for us probably around 20 or a little more i'm guessing actually yeah but like that's still buy me time one second (laughs) that's still to me i think would be equivalent for what i expect to get out of it for that price point i feel like if it were any cheaper it would be a definite pickup at least for a first title i really like what they did overall but i would still like to see more out of it mm-hmm. so like 40 for like a new game that i have no other basis for is like a little bit of a a steep buy-in yeah i could see this being like a, i could see this 30 oh yeah 30 much better matter much better certain deal games will be like buy it at any price even if they jack the price to be a million dollars it's worth it undertale mm-hmm. and other games i'm like you can wait till it goes on sale yeah it's not like a must play right now I kind of miss um so I did I did look it up. Main story was estimated at sixteen and a half hours, so it was like relatively close. Uh with my guess of twenty. 
Um, but I miss um, being able to buy uh, packs of games on Steam. Where it's just like, oh yeah, buy four. You know, like like when Left 4 Dead came out. Oh yeah. So it's like, hey, like, um, for your friends, do that. Do you have friends? Do you want to play with them? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really nice because this is like, I mean, treat this like a, a, a co-op game, right? Like it's hard to recommend that experience necessarily for Dark Souls. You could go through in co-op, but you have to like jump over some hurdles. Yeah. This game is much better in multiplayer than it is in single player. Yes. As somebody who, again, two nights ago, redid the fu- the bridge fight mm-hmm. solo. Yep. <laughs> did I mean, you... I, got, I got on the first pass. Oh, you did? Because yeah. uh, by then I had better traits. I was more experienced with the fight. You had the set Also a goddamn counter. baller. <laughs> yeah. Also kind of that. Um, <laughs> but it was a much different experience by myself than being like, oh, this person will help mitigate this. Yeah. Or you can kind of make call outs for mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Versus just like, I'm going to not die. And then when I get a chance attack them <laughs> yeah but i think if you um if you are looking for a co-op shooter kick with a um kind of post-apocalyptic fantasy vibe then you could do a lot worse than remnant yeah. from the ashes it's something that i would definitely say check out the trailer maybe check out a bit of like a playthrough mm-hmm. and see if it's your type of thing I know we definitely had fun with it. Yeah. But as we've stated uh, time and time again, certain things did feel a little bit lacking mm-hmm. that I would like to see them improve upon in the future if they continue to make games in this space. This is this is a a developer I would be much more interested in to see what they come out with next. If they expound upon this, there's a lot of potential here to fill out the uh, the universe and the mechanics, fix upon some of the, the shortcomings of this game. Um, and see where they end up if they followed any of destiny's like hey here's this cool shit because mm-hmm. i really like when you have something it's like hey here's this unique ability yeah it's not like oh it shoots like a different type of bullet where it's fire versus ice yeah it like does something cool and unique that's one of the reasons i really love games like path of exile mm-hmm. because you have these unique items that advert like severely change what your play style is yeah I'm like, oh, cool. What is that combo with? What else can you do? I like the same thing in Magic. Mm-hmm. I like playing like metagame theory crafting. Yeah. Here, here is the the card or the weapon or the trait or the skill point that just is so warping that it becomes its own build. It's something yep. you want to build around. Um, and this this game just needs a little bit more of that. I think. I so I was thinking about this. I'd put the game between like a seven and an eight for me probably like like seven five where eight is great and seven is just like a good game Mm -hmm. and maybe leaning a little more toward eight and i realize i almost always put games in that spot because if they're less than seven then i probably didn't play it because why would i play a game that's less than good (laughs) so i always feel like the out of 10 scale from Mm -hmm. experience is not the best Mm -hmm. because who's gonna say oh it's a one right who's gonna say it's a three or a four no you're always like five is my baseline yeah i would like almost never put a game as five because that means i like critically missed on actually determining what game i wanted to play right yeah and it's just like a it was a game Mm -hmm. it wasn't a negative game it was just a game yeah where it's like great i feel like is 
Um, very solid game, very few drawbacks, something I really enjoyed in the space. Nine is like excellent. It's outstanding, very few. And 10 is it has no misses? Yeah, 10 is like, this is basically representative of what the genre should be for whatever type of game 10's like i would make a po- i would name a podcast series after this <laughs> yeah <you know>? exactly <laughs> dark souls one eh, i give it like an eight you know maybe <laughs> <laughs> heavy breathing <laughs> rage intensifies yeah well as always uh you can send your feedback in uh via email at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. We're always happy to hear from people and robots. Yeah, and if you're feeling creative, uh, smoke signals are also an option. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. been trying to, a bit in my free time, I'm trying to learn how to cipher them a little bit better. Uh, so far, I've figured out somebody's cooking, something mm-hmm. like somebody's grilling outside, Yeah. or they're not cooking, and there's actively a fire. Right. Yeah. Those are both good to identify, though. <laughs> it, it's basically like, does this smell pleasant or not so pleasant? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it smells good. Someone's house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.